0: rapid expansion we're ready worker shortage we're good anything can change the world of work a celebrity buys the company depends on who it is but relax we've got adp from hr to payroll adp designs forward-thinking solutions to take on the next anything
1: this is your tech news briefing for wednesday february 22nd i'm zoe thomas for the wall street journal After ballooning for years, the amount of money being paid to ransomware criminals dropped significantly in 2022 by millions of dollars, according to federal officials and firms that track attacks. But is this a sign the tables have really turned on hackers? And what comes next as law enforcement looks to stymie even more attacks? Our cybersecurity reporter Robert McMillan joins us to discuss what's behind the drop and if it can continue. That's after these headlines. Big news in the gaming world. Nintendo and NVIDIA users could get access to Call of Duty games for a decade if Microsoft's plan to buy Call of Duty developer Activision Blizzard is approved by regulators. Regulators around the globe have raised concerns that Microsoft's $75 billion purchase of Activision could give it too much control over the video game market. The deal with NVIDIA would put Activision games on the chipmaker's cloud streaming service called GeForce Now. Its vice president and general manager called the access to Activision games a breakout moment for NVIDIA. Nintendo didn't respond to a request for comment. In a tweet yesterday, Microsoft's vice chairman and president Brad Smith said the Nintendo deal was part of the company's plan to bring Xbox games and Activision titles to more players. In other gaming news, China's biggest video game company, Tencent, is in talks to sell Meta's virtual reality headset in China. According to people familiar with the discussions, Tencent wants to become the exclusive seller of the Quest 2 headsets. It's also seeking to publish Chinese versions of existing video games for the device. The talks are reportedly still in early stages, and a deal might not be reached. Among the issues that would need to be addressed is how users' data is handled. FTX's Japanese subsidiary says customers can now begin to make withdrawals. Most customers of the bankrupt crypto exchange are still a long way from getting access to their assets. Japan introduced laws requiring exchanges to register with authorities and mandating that they keep customers' money separate from company accounts after the collapse of another crypto exchange several years ago. Japanese regulators see the relatively quick reboot of the FTX subsidiary as a win for their strict crypto regulations. And seven former employees of a Samsung subsidiary have been found guilty of leaking secrets to Chinese companies. A South Korean court found the group had stolen and transferred technology for making semiconductor cleaning equipment to Chinese rivals. The case underscores the intensifying steps countries, including the U.S., are taking to protect their chip technologies. The subsidiary Semis didn't respond to a request for comment. All right, coming up, lower profits, layoffs, and investigations by the Justice Department. 2022 was a rough year for ransomware groups. We'll explain why after the break. This podcast is brought to you by Northern Trust Wealth Management. There's more to being a successful entrepreneur than just good business practices. What is it about an entrepreneur's childhood that helped fuel their entrepreneurial spirit? What are entrepreneurs doing to cultivate this spirit in their own children and build a legacy beyond their business? Tune in each month to the Road to Why podcast by the Northern Trust Institute, where host Eric Shopeia dives deeper with leading entrepreneurs on these topics and more. Find the Road to Why where you listen to your favorite podcasts. Payments for ransomware attacks fell sharply last year, according to federal officials, cybersecurity analysts, and blockchain firms. As many listeners know, ransomware payments are like the digital equivalent of hostage payments. Hackers take control of computer systems until they are paid a fee, often in cryptocurrencies. These attacks have crippled private companies, hospitals, schools, and public infrastructure. So the decline in payments is seen as significant in the fight against these hacking groups joining me to discuss how this drop came about and what comes next in the fight against cyber criminals is our cybersecurity reporter Robert McMillan. Hi Bob, thanks for coming back on the show.
0: Hi Zoe, great to be here.
1: So, payments to ransomware hackers are down, but how far down are we talking and is this just about the amounts paid out or are overall attacks down too?
0: Well, I don't think the attacks are down, but what's happening is the results of the attacks is changing. The firm Chainalysis, which kind of tracks the payments to ransomware groups, says that the percentage amount paid to them went down 40% in 2022 from 2021. So that's a pretty big drop. And what that means is the ransomware people may be trying they're certainly trying just as hard as ever to try and infect companies and then to shake them down and extort them but companies aren't paying as often as they were another firm that we talked to Coveware says that the average amount that it's paying to ransomware groups actually dropped year over year again by a similar figure what went from $400,000 per event to $300,000 in 2022. So you can see the amount being paid to them is going down, the amount per incident is going down, and it's putting a little bit of a squeeze on the ransomware operators.
1: What have law enforcement said about this drop?
0: Oh, they want to take credit for it, right? Because <laughs> um, So in 2021, there was this Colonial Pipeline ransomware incident, which really got the attention of everyone in the United States, right up to the president. And so at that point, the law enforcement agencies, the FBI, Department of Justice really put ransomware in their crosshairs. And they've actually done a fair bit since that incident to try and pushback on the problem. So the most remarkable story around that, I think, of the last year was this Hive takedown where they got access to the secret servers used by the ransomware operators, and they got the encryption keys that they were selling to their victims and just gave them away for free to all the... The victims, that they estimate the ransomware group Hive lost about $130 million in potential profits from this operation. I think the strategic move that the government is doing here is they're just trying to make it a less profitable business to be in. Because let's be honest, these ransomware groups, they really do operate like businesses.
1: It does sound like some of these big announcements that we've heard over the last year, high profile charges and arrests, you know, the kind of going after these hacking groups has played a role. What does that mean for these ransomware groups, which, as you say, often operate like businesses?
0: The truth is the thing that's had the biggest effect, I think, is really boring. It's just that companies are getting better at backing up their systems and being able to recover when they're all shut down by ransomware. It's thankless work until you get to the point where you're infected, and then you can bounce back, you can just ignore their demands and come back online. So what that's doing to the ransomware operators is it's making it a little bit harder for them to just to have this money-making machine that they've operated for years. So what they're doing is they're looking for new ways of getting in, and they're looking for new types of companies to, in fact, ones that maybe aren't as prepared as the traditional victims of ransomware. And in some cases, they might even be moving to other types of crime, like other types of financial fraud.
1: So are you saying that these ransomware groups are having to change their business models?
0: A little bit. We talked to one researcher who said that this group... It used to be called Conti, but it's sort of a group of cyber criminals that have been around for a long time. And traditionally, they had one way of getting onto everybody's networks. It was really successful. But with the attention being paid to ransomware, they were just were having a harder time getting that initial infection, getting onto your network where they could install the ransomware. So they set up all these call centers where um, they would send out emails and you'd get like a disturbing-looking email Uh, Maybe it would say you owed money or something like that, and you'd call this call center, and the person at the call center would try to talk you into installing some software on your computer that would ultimately allow the ransomware people to get ransomware on your company's network. So that was like a business model change that they did, and it didn't work out. Like, they weren't making money doing this. The call center people weren't talking people into installing the software enough. And so they actually had layoffs there. They shut down these call centers
1: so big picture then i mean is this a sign that the tables have turned on ransomware attacks
0: oh i don't know <laughs> i mean i would i would really not predict the end of ransomware
1: <laughs> is that too hopeful that's for me that's
0: not the kind of bet that you'd ever make money on i don't think but it shows that there are some things that could be done this was like a pretty amazing business for the criminals you know if you think about it ransomware just a few years ago maybe 6 or 7 years ago the average ransomware demand was like hundreds of dollars. And then it was tens of thousands of dollars. And now Coveware is saying it's in the range of $300,000. There's been this great inflation in what they've been able to ask for. And until 2021, until that colonial event, there wasn't like a lot of pushback. There wasn't a lot of pressure on them. And now they're facing some realities. Their business is not going to be as profitable as it was. So I think that there are many entities in the world that would like to continue to make it more difficult for them to do business, you know, companies just stop paying. If they get their act together and they can recover when they're infected and just restore everything for backups instead of having to pay for a decryption key, then I don't think it's going to go away, but it, it could become less of a problem.
1: All right. That's our cybersecurity reporter, Robert McMillan. Thanks for joining us, Bob. Thanks, Zoe. And that's it for today's Tech News Briefing. If you want more tech stories, check out our website, wsj.com. And if you like our show, please rate and review it. You can do that wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Zoe Thomas for The Wall Street Journal. Thanks for listening.